Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Uh, We're continuing our examination of the book of Colossians. And we're in the third chapter. I think we covered the first 17 verses so far. I just want to recap these things because you really need to keep the whole balance of what he's saying uh, to the people he's writing to, Paul, empowered by the Spirit, and also to us. Sometimes we lose out on truths because we don't pay attention to the details. That's quite often the case in most churches. They just they use Scripture as pretexts rather than really examining the text. But then you can also go the other way. You get in there, you can't see the forest for the trees. You know, you look at the details so much that you forget the bigger picture. Remember what he was saying in the very beginning. He says, since you've been raised up with Christ, seek the things above, right? Set your mind on the things above. Realize that your life is hidden in Christ. Uh, First Corinthians tells us that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. And since we believe we are in Christ, we have these things. He said, you've died to your life. You've died to the sins of your flesh. Okay, so set aside all this stuff. And then he starts firing all these instructions to the body as a whole. Don't lie to one another. Okay, set aside those old practices. Put on your new self. Realize there's no distinction. Understand that you're chosen of God. You're holy. You're beloved. And out of that, he says, put on that new heart. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. And he says, above all these things, put on love. And that love is the perfect bond of unity. And then he declares in verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Verse 17, let the word of Christ richly dwell in your heart. Then verse 17, where we left off in a previous episode, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So you see how as a, uh, as a body, he's given them insight into how to live. He says, so whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you speak, whatever deed you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And give thanks. Give thanks through the Lord Jesus to God the Father. Now, it looks like he changes subjects, but he really doesn't. He just continues speaking, but now he's getting a little more precise because he's about to address wives, husbands, children, fathers, slaves. Okay, the next verses, each one of these things says that. But I want to jump down to verse 23 because it sort of bookends. Remember what 17 says, whatever you do in word and deed, right? Verse 23, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. And I think this is important because a lot of times people will take these verses uh, 18 through 22 about the wives, husbands, children, fathers, and slaves, and they seek to interpret them and understand them outside the context. He's simply showing us how to live life. He's simply showing us how to work life and go through life and understand life. Okay? He's simply doing that. So let's go back to verse 18 and see what he says. Remember he just said, give me thanks to the Lord. Verse 18 says, wives, be subject to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Well, don't you know that people go crazy over that? 
<laughs> you know, because you see it here, you see it over in Ephesians too, and boy, people go ballistic. Uh, folks, this is not a caveman mentality. Okay, uh, that word be subject, uh, the Greek word is hupotasso, and it literally means to place yourself, subject yourself. It can mean to obey. It can be uh, uh, translated as uh, be submissive. To rank yourself under, well, boy, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's actually sort of a military term. What is pointing to is the fact that God has a governmental structure for the family. Okay, a governmental structure for the family. It's not this kind of thing that one is superior to the other and one is greater than the other. No, 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 no. It has to do with the structure of the family. And so you see it all through Scripture. It says that wives are to be submissive to your husbands and as it is fitting in the Lord. Now, obviously, it's another subject, and we're not going to get into detail of the whole thing. But I think we would do well to pay attention because this is what you see in these next three verses. Wives have something they're supposed to do. Okay? What are they supposed to do? They are to uh, uh, be in proper alignment in their relationship with their husband from a family perspective. Okay? This does not mean that all women are inferior to men. No, no, no. It doesn't mean that women cannot be bosses on the job side. No, 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 no. What it does mean is that there is a governmental structure within the family that is ordained of God. Well, if this is what women are supposed to do, what are the husbands supposed to do? Well, I'm glad you asked because verse 19 tells us, Husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. Do not be, in other words, don't make a situation where there will be embitterment. Uh, it literally means a bitter taste in, uh, in uh, either side of the relationship. He said, don't do this. So what are wives to do? The wives are, are to live in the proper or governmental alignment within the family right there, of that of, of submission of the to the husband, and the husbands are to love their wives. You notice in this passage right here, that God doesn't tell the wives to love their husbands. In Ephesians, he doesn't tell them to love, uh, love their husbands. And I used to say that, uh, that there was nowhere in Scripture where God told the wives to love their husbands. But I was wrong on that because <laughs> I ran across someplace. I don't remember where it is now. But it was, you know, somewhat recently, the last year or two, I ran across a verse that uh, says that. Okay, it says that the wives need to love their husbands. I don't think it's that forthright. I don't even remember where it is. Uh, but I think it is sort of interesting because the thing is, husbands need to be instructed, commanded, encouraged, exhorted to love their wives. Because uh, particularly ladies, I don't know, this may shock you, but uh, a lot of times men just don't love naturally. You know, women do. And here's what's going to happen. If a wife, if a husband loves his wife, the wife will love him back. I mean, it's just it's it's, it's the way that God has created women. That that will happen very naturally. And so he's telling the husbands, "Hey, you love your wives, okay? And do not be embittered." Now, notice he's talking in the plural sense. Okay, he's talking to the body, those that are wives, those that are husbands. Then he picks up verse twenty, children. So he's talking about the whole family now, right? Be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Over when he writes to the church in Ephesus, he, he gives that commandment. He says, hey, this is the commandment. If you want to live a long life, this is what you need to do, children. So children are to be obedient. So wives are to be subject. Husbands are to love. Children are to be obedient to your parents in all things. 
So uh, how long does this obedience last? <laughs> I mean, is it like a lifetime? Uh, if you're 70 years old and your mom's 92, are you still obedient to your parents? And I would say, yes. Now, here's where it comes down, though. Uh, if you're a wise parent, your role and your responsibilities and the way things happen change through the years. And so if you're 92 and your son's 70, you're not going to be sitting there uh, trying to uh, uh, control his life, maybe like when he was two years of age and he was crawling around on the floor. Okay, the, the relationships mature. But we walk in obedience to them. Also, parents, you're not going to do something which would cause your child to walk in disobedience before you. Okay? This is some serious things here. So let me close it with this. Just remember, wives, you're subject to your husband, not to other husbands, to yours. Husbands, you love your wives, just your wives, not other wives. Okay? Children, you be obedient to your parents in all things because this is well-pleasing to God. And so you see that uh, Paul has given us some insight. As the body as a whole, this is how you live. Now, as families, this is how you live. And there's actually one more, and this is sort of interesting, one more uh, quasi-family relationship, which we'll look at the next time, okay? Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you then.